Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of your favorite travel podcast, Travel and Shit, where I, your host, D. Carrie, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. So to begin the episode, just want to start by saying thank you, thank you, thank you to the good folks over at Black Podcasting Association. I was nominated for my first, first podcast award, um, best travel podcast of the year, uh, black podcasting association. And I am still over the moon. I am really proud of myself for applying plenty. I did not know about the process prior to this year's application, but, um, going forward, stay tuned, stay around for more. I did not win the award. Shout out to Onika Raymond and her team over at Marriott Bonvoy, the project, I, for, I cannot remember the name of the podcast, but, um, it is a Marriott Bonvoy sponsored podcast that is hosted by Onika Raymond. Shout out to you and your husband and that beautiful baby girl. Um, I really do enjoy their content. So if I'm a lose, I'd rather, you know, I mean, I won't say I'd rather, but it was, it was, it didn't feel like I, I didn't feel like I was fucking slighted or nothing like that. So shout out to the good folks over there, as well as to all the other winners. And so all the rest of us that were also nominated because I'm proud of me. I'm proud of all of us. And, um, and by all of us, I also mean y'all, my listeners, because seeing the numbers on the dashboard of the, um, podcast hosts, I kind of feel like, Thanks. Grateful. I appreciate y'all supporting me. I appreciate seeing that there are numbers, regardless of how high or low the numbers may be one day, a week, a month, there are numbers. And I'm happy to see that somebody out there cares about what the fuck I got to say. Um, so more thoughts on that in this month's newsletter, the last Thursday of every month, I send out a travel and shit newsletter. Um, so more on that there to subscribe to this, uh, newsletter also about the newsletter every month. It supports a past guest by, uh, I do a giveaway of an item or a service or a, an offer that a previous travel and shit guest currently has to one listener, one, one, not a listener, but one of the subscribers to the podcast. So travelingshippodcast.com right at the top of the page, top of the website, subscribe and join the newsletter. More thoughts on the podcasting association award. Um, and as well as showing some love to not just me, but to the past guests, because I do a giveaway of items from prior guests. So there's that on that. Jumping into this week's episode, this one came not from a dream, but tangential, if you will. So I was at my grandparents' house over the weekend doing laundry, long drawn out process. So we were there all night. It's just me and my partner and the dog. And we were pretty much on rotations of taking a load out the washer, putting it in the dryer. So one of those I was having a hard time getting back to sleep and it's maybe like between one and three o'clock in the morning. So it's wild late. And 
I'm laying there and I'm dozing, waking up. And then for some reason, oh no, it wasn't even some reason. I'm listening to stuff going on outside. And by stuff going on outside, it's like I, I can hear a consistent sound, like something is hitting or scraping or moving. And instead of thinking ghosts, because I always think ghosts, um, caveat, I will say in terms of my childhood home, like my parents' home where I grew up and my grandparents' home, my maternal grandparents' home, also where I grew up. Between the two houses, I may be afraid of certain things, but never the type of book, the type of afraid where I feel like I'm in danger. It'll more, it'll more so be, what the fuck was that sound? Or what did I just see? What did I hear? But it'll never be like a, is something coming to get me? If that makes sense. My great grandmother died in the house that I grew up in. So if there was ever going to be a ghost there, it's going to be her. Also, if there were ever going to be another ghost there, she ain't going to let nothing happen to me. So I'm good. My grandparents' house, my grandfather passed away in the house. So definitely good. My grandpa's not letting nothing happen to me. So when I say certain things may rub me the wrong way or you hear something and I'm afraid of something or I'm uneasy about something, it's never in the sense where I feel like I'm in danger, but it's more of a fear of the unknown. So I'm sitting here and I'm just like, damn, have I ever stayed in a haunted Airbnb? I don't know. But then that got me thinking about past days, past experiences, and one of the age old Twitter arguments, and not just Twitter, I'll just say social media, but one of the age old arguments, and by age old, I mean, since Airbnb been a thing, but Airbnbs versus hotels. What's your choice? Me, personally, your girl D, I'm an Airbnb girl because I don't want to be in a singular room. You can get a solo room in an Airbnb, which I have done in the past. Um, and not against it, but I also just don't really like shared spaces. Um, college was fun. It also wasn't fun. And a lot of unfunness was the shared spaces part of it. So, um, I don't want to, um, share spaces that I don't have to. So I don't necessarily like getting Airbnbs where, um, the owner like lives in, I don't want to say the unit, but like, for example, I stayed in one in Nashville. One of the trips I went to Nashville, I actually, she seemed like such a sweetheart. She was a young woman that was renting a room in her home and did that for Nashville. I did that in Vegas one time. I did that in LA, um, did that in Casablanca, did that in Norway. So I've done plenty of stays where, well, in Norway, I feel like I had my own apartment. Like it wasn't a separate entrance per se. Um, and I was only there for like two, three days anyway, but it, that I feel like was maybe like a downstairs studio space. But to my point, I've stayed in Airbnbs where I've only had the room. I do not particularly care for hotels because I feel like to me, in my experience, in the way that I shop for accommodations, the price is the same. And if I'm going to spend the same amount of money, I'd rather have an entire house to myself where I'll have access to possibly a backyard 
or access to a parking space, um, especially if it's going to be a road trip. So that got me thinking of all the different housing accommodations that I have had accommodated for me, if you will, across the different um, trips that I've taken. I've done hostels, I've done Airbnbs, I've done hotels, and for the most part, that is it. Starting with hostels, quick little blurb, I have only stayed in hostels in Europe. I did uh, Austria, Amsterdam, that might have, and I feel like there was one more, but I can't remember. So I, it might just be the two. Um, Austria was, I, no, there was a third one. I just don't remember where it is because I'm vaguely remembering a third bathroom. That's not one of these two. Austria was all right. That one I think was maybe like an 18 room dorm situation. At the time I noticed, I think there may have only been like four other people that were in the room, but that one felt like not even a college situation. Cause you don't, well, college, but imagine not just you and your roommate in bunk beds, imagine you and like 10 other roommates in bunk beds. Um, wasn't terrible. you got little lockers and that one, we actually, I'm pretty sure that one had the bathroom in the room. So that's a pro tip. Venture to stay at a hostel. And if you want to have the most comfort possible, for one, you could actually get your own hostel. Like you can get the hostel price and do a solo hostel if that location offers them. Uh, but you could also just opt to do a room that has fewer roommates. Uh, there are hostels that will have like four beds. There are hostels that have six, 12, 20, whatever size they go up to, you can opt to do a much smaller one so that you can share the room with fewer people, as well as the option of getting one that has, that's what it was, UK. It was in London. Um, that was the third spot. You can also do one that has a bathroom in the room. Actually, I, nope, Austria did have the bathroom in the room. You also get like a locker where you can bring your own lock or you can rent a lock or you can buy a lock and you can put your suitcase and like your backpack or whatever in there. Um, the hostel in Amsterdam, I will say is probably my favorite only because I actually made a friend then. Hey, Shifa, hope you're doing well, girl. Um, that one was cool. There were one, two, three, four. There was, it was a six bed bunk. We had the room, uh, the bathroom in the room. And in that one, I think there were also like only four of us in there. And then I stayed in a hostel in London and the catch with that one, that was a stressful one. It took me forever to choose. I did not want a co-ed room. I there. So that's another thing you can opt for male, female. So if you're traveling with a larger group of friends and y'all still want to do budget accommodations, y'all can all stay in the same, in one room, or if you and your partner are traveling, you can also stay in one room, um, this case was anytime I've stayed in a hostel has always also been my solo travels. The one in London was cool because it was a four bedroom, but it was only myself and one other woman. And we also, that one, I don't think had the 
bathroom in the room. I want to say the bathroom was in the hallway. It was like one of, it was probably like four bathrooms on the floor, college basically. Um, but I think it was like a solo bathroom. Like, I don't think that there were, I think it was just a toilet and a shower in that bathroom as opposed to, doesn't matter. Bathroom was outside. So hostels are an option. I've only done them in Europe and they were way less gross than I anticipated them being. So I would highly suggest a hostel if you know, for um, example, you're only going to be in the area for like two or three days, or if you're passing through and you know, you're not going to spend a lot of time in the room. Only thing I would caution about, especially if you know, you're not going to spend a lot of time in the room is you want to make sure that there is some place that you would feel safe where your bag is. Excuse me, because quiet as is quiet as it's kept, even if you lock your suitcase, like the bag, somebody just wheel that bitch out and take it with them. Um, the hostels that I've all stayed at have always had like either a locker under the beds or like a standing locker or like some kind of um individual locker situation. So you can put your suitcase or any personal or um valuables into something a little bit more safe than just locking them and putting your bag on the side of your bed. So that's the word on hostels. Personally, I am not above hostels, but I am not in the market to stay in a hostel. Again, that's um that's not on the table for now. Can't say it won't happen again in the future, but I also can't see it happening again in the future. Now comes down to Airbnbs versus hotels. I personally don't like shared spaces. I'd prefer to have an Airbnb to myself. I've done Airbnbs where I have um, solo room before. Like I've stayed in a room in a home where there are either multiple renters like sharing rooms or the host actually lives on site as well. And by on site, I mean, not just like a studio or a basement apartment and the host lives upstairs, but like you're a typical two, three bedroom home and you've got one room and your host has another room. So I've done both. I've stayed in places where I've been like in a separate apartment. Those are my favorites. We did a really, really cute one in uh North Carolina we did a cute one uh I did one with my mom in Atlanta that one was really cute um the host lived upstairs it was kind of like a downstairs apartment there was also a my favorite one is Norway I yeah I'm pretty sure that one counted did it count as like a separate or I think it was just more like a cute little studio basement per se cuz the bathroom wasn't downstairs the bathroom I had to go upstairs for um, but I had a nice kitchenette, like a sink and microwave and a little, um, I think it even had like a hot plate or something down there, but the two options, the room or like the mini apartment in the Airbnb, I personally, you know, understand people's concerns with the Airbnb sitch, uh, claiming that they are just as expensive as hotels. Yeah, they are. The other complaint with Airbnbs is people always talking about all the house rules and um, the things that you're supposed to do, that you have to do, blah, 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 blah. Uh, what did I have here? Yeah, so 
that got me back to thinking about if your reason for not staying in an Airbnb is maybe you think they may be haunted, I feel you. It's a possibility. And so I was wondering myself, had I ever stayed in a haunted Airbnb? And I don't think so. But I did have a couple of other uh, pretty cool adjectives that um, I wanted to touch on in terms of the different places that I have stayed. Um, I haven't necessarily stayed at a haunted Airbnb, but I will say I had a couple of scary ones. So scary here gets a little qualified. Like it's not scary in the sense of boo, the dead are here. But Tel Aviv, what was scary about that one was the area and not the area in terms of it felt like the people were sketch, not the case. There was, um, I don't want to say industrial, but there was like a commercial block right around the corner from where I was. So there were tons of like spots where you can pull, have like, um, outside dining, um, seamstress, tailors, housewares, like stores and all that shit. And then I was also next to a really popular, uh, outdoor market. That was really cool. Unfortunately, I slept through the best part of that and got there kind of after they'd shut down, but, um, really cool area. By area, I mean the block that it was in on and like the condition of the building. It looked like some shit had kind of popped off. Like maybe they had started like de- not destroying, but like demolishing the building or like the building next to it. Like the buildings nearby is like, oh, so is do other people live in this building? is this apartment building? Like, is it, am I the only tenant here? It was giving, there's no one else here. It like the buildings next door in the, like, you know, on the side street that I was on a lot of the air, like it just wasn't really giving occupied. I did not feel as if there was a lot of people in the building that I was in and that made me a little uncomfortable. There were people on the block, like across the street, but like the building I was in and like uh, some of them like nearby weren't looking good. So, um, it was a matter of please don't fall while I'm in here or while I'm near there because it's just me out here. Uh, So that was a little uncomfortable about there. Otherwise, the apartment itself, super cute. Uh, But just the building itself felt a little less than hospitable. The second one was Bali. Mind you, girl, y'all, I had, I want to say two bedrooms, two stories. The second floor was like the entire master suite. Um, and there was no bathroom upstairs, but it was a huge room, beautiful covered terrace, I guess, balcony, um, whole two out of four walls were all floor to ceiling windows. It was gorgeous. I had my own pool, full kitchen and everything downstairs. It was another bathroom downstairs, 
uh, another bathroom, another bedroom. Gorgeous, gorgeous accommodations. Beautiful. It was on a rice field. It was on a rice field in, I don't want to say strange in the sense that it was... Mm. Can't really find the word here. It was strange because it was new to me, but it kind of felt like a hidden community. So walking on the street, imagine walking down the street and there's like a little stairway, um, stone stairway, kind of just randomly walking up the side of a building. So you walk up those stairs and then like once you kind of get through somewhat like of a narrow it's kind of like greenery on both sides. It starts to open up to more kind of, I don't want to say tunnels because they're not like, but it's like treeways. And there's like a surprise community of businesses, homes, the whole shebang. But it's not like, I don't want to say fresh, but it's not smooth pave, paving. It's like there's some level of development still happening. I don't necessarily want to say construction because I'm thinking American construction when I say construction in terms of like very clearly delineated lines and areas to kind of stay out of the way of. That wasn't the case. It was just (sighs) choose your own adventure. That's the best way I can describe it. It really felt like a choose your own adventure lodging. And I got there at night. Thankfully, my host met me outside and like had a flashlight because then I had to use the light for my phone. The walkways were maybe a foot and a half, two feet wide max. Um, And there was like a rice field to the left. Well, my left of the, the walkway. So And a rice field is like very muddy, don't know how deep it is, don't want to fall in is the point. And that was the most unsafe I have ever felt trying to get to, like get into or to an accommodation. And I'd say it's about a five minute walk from the street to where I was staying. And that five minutes is of course um, extended because the walkways are very thin and you have to pay attention to where you're going. I got turned around plenty of times trying to come in and out of there because you got to make sure that you turn by the right tree or like the right, I don't want to say hut because they were very clearly not huts, but they didn't look like houses either. Yeah, it was very new to me. I don't like saying weird just because something is new to me because weird tends to have a very negative connotation or a nasty connotation. So it wasn't weird. It was just very irregular for me. And that made it so terrifying to walk through because especially at night, there were no lights. So I'm just going with my, you know, phone light and I'm hearing all the frogs. You can hear the mosquitoes, but like you could hear nature all around you and I can't see shit. So I don't even know how far I am to the bushes where in my mind, the spiders are waiting to jump out. The frogs are waiting to jump out and I don't know if they poisonous. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Precarious. Did not enjoy that shit at all. But that shit was scary for the 
I don't know of it all. And the, I can't see what I don't know of it all also. So that shit was wild. Beautiful accommodations once you get through all of that. And then once you get through that, there's like a huge like wooden gate kind of door. Like the property I stayed in was in its own fenced area. And by fence, it kind of was more like a wall than a fence. Um, there were no like slats that you could see through. It wasn't um, mesh or lattice or anything like that. It was just like a wooden door that you go into to, I guess, get to the compound. And then it's just like the house. Um, but gorgeous. Daytime, absolutely beautiful. Serene. I mean, just breathtaking. At night, crazy. Uh, other scary one was Shanghai. Shanghai was scary only because nothing was in English. Not even, well, no, of course nothing was in English. But by nothing in English, I also mean like the characters are also very unfamiliar to me. Excuse me. So at least in Spanish, French, in a language where the characters still look like the English alphabet. I may not pronounce the words correctly. I may not know what the words are fucking saying, but I can at least readily identify by looking at the letters that this is where the little, you know, my, um, my information is telling me to go basically, whether it be a map, whether it be my reservation details, whether it be um, the menu telling me the name and the address of the place, that's the point, right? So the characters, very unfamiliar to me. So I can't even eyeball whether or not, okay, well, this is close enough to what I'm looking for. I don't know exactly what it means, but this is what the letters are doing, right? Also, I was very unsure whether or not the people would be hospitable, warm, or welcoming at all. I only had a layover in Shanghai. I was there for maybe 12 hours, maybe 20 hours. Um, and when I got out the, the first taxi that I was in that dropped me off, it was kind of like, Imagine trying to navigate somebody else's building complex, not just like you come off the street and you walk into a building. This was like a community. This was, I can't even think of, okay, so Cabrini Green, if you've seen Candyman, I don't know if y'all are off, a lot of y'all are not from New York. So if I tell you like a housing project or like a development, I don't think it was the projects. That's not what I'm getting at. But like a housing complex, a development of multiple buildings within like a gated space. That is what I'm getting at. That is what I was walking into. It was beautiful. It was really pretty. But my experience um, in Chinatowns across New York is generally unwelcoming. Not all Chinese people are unwelcoming. I don't want to be that person that says, I have Chinese friends. But I get that not everyone is like the few people that you encounter and walk into. But I will say that in Chinatown, whether it be in Manhattan Chinatown or whether it be in Flushing, which is like Queens Chinatown, 75% of the time, they're not nice at all. If they even acknowledge that you're there, they will very 
no, 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 no. I can't help or I don't know what you're saying. They don't even try to answer your question. I have not had a very warm and welcoming um, experience of Chinatowns in my own home fucking state. So that is what I was going to China with in the back of my mind. So I was really scared in the sense of, all right, so I really might be at this like all on my own. I don't know that anybody is even willing to help or assist me when I get out this car. Thankfully, that wasn't the case. My host was a dream. She was so fucking sweet. Uh, didn't speak not a lick of English, but we was back and forth on that Google Translate. And um, she was very, very accommodating. She actually, I think, met me downstairs. Like she came outside to to scoop me. Like she came to get me. And I also appreciate her helping put me in a taxi and letting my taxi driver that I was going to the... Um, to the downtown area of, I was going to say Ubud, but that's not where it was. Um, Bund. The, I was near the Bund, I want to say, in Shanghai, if I'm remembering the name of the area, but that's the area that I was in. She went down with me to let the taxi driver know that when he dropped me off, that he should wait for me to just go upstairs and get my bag and then come down and take me to the airport. So she, you know was able to, you know, help me with that little bit of cat. She was so sweet. Um, but that was, that was a scary experience because I, I wasn't expect, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know whether or not I was going to get any help or not. Um, the safest I've ever felt in an Airbnb, the first one that came to mind, the actually the one came to mind was actually in Cuba in uh Havana. I stayed in two. I can't remember the uh particular name of the town that I stayed in the first one. Now it was gorgeous. I was walking distance to the beach, had a great fucking time. The second one I felt the safest there because my hosts would come every morning and make breakfast. They were older couple, I'd say maybe late 50s, early 60s, and they made breakfast. They talked to me for a little bit. How are you? Are you finding everything okay? Small talk, not even making it uncomfortable or weird. They would cook, ask what I wanted for breakfast. Wife would cook the breakfast or the husband would help with like cutting up little things. They would sit outside on the terrace, have their coffee, and then leave me to it. Go on about their way and then we'll see you tomorrow. I felt incredible there. They were top tier and made me definitely feel, um, safe to be there with them. Um, I'd say the most curious Airbnb that I've stayed at the most, mm, what are we doing here was in Tequila. Um, Tequila, AKA Seattle, Tequila, I'd say I, I'm not, um, well-versed in, uh, Washington neighborhoods, but Tequila maybe 45 minutes, an hour guessing here based on how long it took us to get to that general area from where we were. Um, I initially booked my Airbnb in Tequila and I, my, one of my best friends, her brother lives in Seattle. So she definitely had us link and he was like, chill, you ain't gotta stay here by yourself. Come stay with me. I'll take good care of you. He did. Happy birthday, Rob. Appreciate you again. Um, but it was a little weird because it was giving like 
I'm trying to put this delicately. It was an older couple that were like the the hosts and they had like a couple of like roommates if you will that all lived there and they were all like older folks some solo it seemed so it was kind of like I don't want to say a older people's home or like a senior house, but imagine like a frat house, but for like senior citizens, that's what it was giving. So let's just say it was four bedrooms. One of them was, let's say Airbnb. And the other three were just people that lived there. And I think one was a couple. And then you had like two other older people that lived And I'm reading the reviews and it was given like a bunch of, it really felt like it was kind of like older swingers or something. And I'm, I'm with the shits all for it. Y'all do your thing. But it's just something about the energy there. So if you're listening, you're not seeing the body language. You're not seeing the eye contact I'm making here. Feel free to watch, uh, the podcast on uh youtube or at least visit by and see what we're getting at here cute little room i don't even feel like it had a door that locked but it had the most stunning view i think i've had a top three top three it was the top three it was one of the top three views it was absolutely incredible um, but some, like, I don't like to ignore the feelings that I get when I end up in places and that one had a weird feeling and I was very glad to not have to stay there. Um, it was one of those things. I ended up talking to one of the women that, um, lived there. She was an older black woman and I feel like she was like a retired city planner, uh, an engineer of some sort, which was wild interesting to me, but she was so pushy about me taking the bus. And I was just like, not, nah, I'm, I, I, I have money for a taxi. Like it's totes fine. Like I told, and she was like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. You should take the bus though, because the bus lets you understand the whole city. The city planning here is fantastic. Like we're, and I'm just like, okay, a little strange. Thank you. Thanks. Um, but you can't tell me what to do, right? You can't. I don't want to take the bus. And it was just weird, y'all. Fucking weird. So I was very glad to get my happy little brown ass the fuck out of there. Um, Beautiful. But that was the weirdest fucking one. That was really just something about that one. Just I was happy to not have to sleep there. So pleased. Very happy to get out. That was the most curious one. I'd say the last one I'll mention was... It's got to be an honorable mention. I checked. She doesn't host anymore. But my favorite host was a woman named Tone. She hosted me in Norway. And when I tell you, I felt... And you know what? I guess that probably would be a tie or 1B, if you will, for safest. Because I really felt like she, she probably felt the most familiar in terms of her being able to be family. Um, we sat, she made me dinner. She picked me up from the airport. She took me to the grocery store and, she, and it's, these are all like 
I, I feel like the easiest comp for it would be like the most maternal of them all. When I tell you she took care of me at every step, ways I didn't even think to think of. This was baby me, baby traveler me, didn't really know shit about much. And she was saying to me, all right, well, you're going to get in pretty late. The buses and the buses here, not really reliable. I'll come get you from the airport. Don't worry about a taxi. She came and got me. She's driving back to the house and she's like, we're going to stop at the air, um, the supermarket because most of the city closes on Sunday. So you might have a hard time finding something to eat. Let's, you know, make, pick whatever you need, get, do what you need to do. Go in. I'm right outside. If you need me, just give me a call. Take your time. Don't feel rushed. I just want you to have options. What? Incredible. She brings, she drives back. I lose my phone. Thankfully, it just fell out my pocket in the car. She was just like, don't worry about it. I'll go get it. Give me a minute. Went back out, got my phone. Would you like to join me for dinner? She made pizzas from scratch. Not even, I was expecting like DiGiorno or some shit out of a box. She was making it herself. Honored. She made me pizza, broke out a bottle of wine. We sat, we talked, we kikied. Such an incredible, incredible, incredible host. That is like my top tier Airbnb experience. I have never felt more welcomed and accommodated by any of my guests, uh, any of my hosts that weren't just my family letting me stay with them. Um, so I'm always be an Airbnb girl for that reason, because I've had such incredible, incredible experiences at Airbnbs. Now, that's not to say that hotels don't serve their purpose. Hotels for me are ideal when I know I'm just going to be there for a day or I need to be nearby something else. Two favorite um, hotels that I've stayed at are the Goodwin in Hartford, Connecticut. Top tier. Front desk staff was the best uh, front desk staff that I have ever encountered or had to encounter, deal with. They were very professional while also still being mad chill. Like, okay, like, if you were to recommend someplace for me to go get drinks, I'd be like, pull up when you get off work. That's how cool they were. Good one. Top tier. Love them. Also, incredibly, incredibly gorgeous grounds. The lobby, the they had like a bar that was in like a library, the assorted decoration and the layout, all beautiful. The rooms, insane. The, that was the nicest hotel I've ever stayed at. Second was the Joseph that I just stayed at in Nashville. That's a Marriott property. Absolutely gorgeous. Again, top tier front desk staff. Uh, probably I'd also say that was, yeah, the first time I'd ever been to a hotel where at checkout, there were a few, this was Beyonce. So there were a couple of us on line to check in and there was a gentleman that worked at the hotel walking through, which like a bottle of water is there anything I can get for you while you're waiting. This is waiting to check into the hotel and he's got a tray offering bottles of water. Do you need anything? Would you like a cold one? We've got room temperature. What we've got options. There was also another gentleman. I don't know if he was from the restaurant or from the bar upstairs, but he was there with fucking hors d'oeuvres. Hors d'oeuvres at check-in. What? Very, 
very tickled by that experience. So those are my favorite two hotels. Uh, I won't even say an honorable mention because that, no. Uh, well, I had a great view. I don't know. It may have been a Marriott also, or it could have been a Hilton. I don't remember what chain it was, but we stayed in a really, um, I won't even say really cute because the room itself was pretty basic, but the the view was incredible up in Vermont. We were able to, we might've actually been looking, shit, I don't know what, I don't know what we were looking at. Was it Lake Champagne, Champlain or something? No, is that even in Vermont? I think that's the one that's between... Vermont and Canada? Y'all about to have me embarrass my own self by my own doing on my own damn show. I'm going to leave it there. Beautiful, beautiful view. Beautiful view. It was nice. That was third favorite hotel, I'd say. Um, But those two, absolutely recommend. Um, But I would say hotels are great for if you need to be someplace up. the one in Nashville, we were walking distance from the stadium. The one in Hartford, we were walking distance from where um, my cousin was performing because we went out to go see Abe um, download his uh, new album, Darling Child. He actually wrote the theme song that y'all listen to when you listen to travel and shit. So support the good kid. Really, really talented artist. Um, Darling Child, wherever you find your streaming music, get into that. Um, in terms of the Airbnb versus hotels, a lot of people will say that there are too many house cleaning rules. You got me paying a cleaning fee and I also got to do X, Y, Z, A, B. I get it. I get it. Hear me out. Just don't do it. Don't do it. If you don't want to take out the trash, don't take out the fucking trash. If you don't want to wash the dishes, don't wash the dishes. What are you going to do? You already booked the room. You got your room. Now, in terms of an extra charge, that you, I would assume you could fight. I've never had that problem. There have been plenty of rooms that said, please take out the trash. I've never taken out the trash because guess what? I don't live here. I'm not taking out the trash. Also, you have the choice to book an accommodation that ask you to take out the trash or not. I happen to be someone that leaves a space the way that I found it. I know, I know, I know. Crazy, right? Respecting somebody else's property. I absolutely do. So I'm not going to, you know, leave towels on your sofa. I'm not going to, you know, leave a ton of dishes used pots and pans in your sink, you know, that's just not doing it. I'll load the dishwasher or I'll make sure ain't nothing more than like a bowl or a, like the most I've left in a sink has been maybe like a cup or like forks and spoons or something like that. And that has always just been because I forgot or because you didn't have any cleaning materials. You ain't have a sponge. You ain't have no soap. What I'm gonna do with it? It's going to stay there and you figure it out on your own, right? But I don't book accommodations that have, as soon as I see too many rules, you can't do this, you can't do that, blah, blah, blah. Cool. This ain't the room for me. That's it. 
I don't understand why people get so upset about an entire platform of options because they come across some options that they don't bang with. Don't bang with them then. Pick something else. Look at the reviews. I always look at reviews. Always check to see the most recent ones to see who all been over there and knows what's going on currently. Um, somebody will complain about, oh, the sink was dripping all night and I couldn't sleep. If it was two years ago and you don't see anybody commenting about the sink dripping all night, it's been fixed. Um, a lot of times also the host will comment underneath something like that and say, I'm so sorry that that happened. Unfortunately, we, you know, had a building issue and the super was taking care of something, something it's since been fixed. Like a lot of people will follow up with voice concerns in the reviews. Also hotels ain't doing shit else for you either. In a lot of cases, unless you're staying at a very luxury, um, accommodation, the only place that I had check in or, um, offer anything while I was staying there was the Joseph. And we were there and housekeeping came around and asked if we needed anything, offered us water. Really sweet girl, beautiful skin. I remember that she had very beautiful skin. Um, and that was the only place that I stayed the ho- in terms of a hotel that I, you know, ever had any interactions with housekeeping while I was there. All the other properties you just, they, they just clean up after you leave. I have not had, and and even though I haven't stayed a week or longer, one of the things that in the places that I have stayed have always made to know, or even the places that I have looked into booking, they have always just said housekeeping needs to be requested and will only be honored if guest is staying five days or longer. Like there's always a caveat and they don't come clean your room every damn day anymore after the pandemic. Anyway, another thing that I didn't appreciate, I stayed the one in Vermont. We were asking for glasses. We had, we bought wine. I called downstairs. Hey, can we have some wine glasses? Well, unfortunately because of the pandemic, we're not, we don't have any, um, anything but like plastic cup. You can use the cups in the bathroom. I never let that go. Never let that go. There, I feel like I have not had an experience where I've asked an Airbnb host for something and was unable to have that honored. Whereas inversely, I've asked a hotel for something and not been able to have that honored. Same thing with even like late checkouts, early check-ins, flexibility in terms of checking in, checking out. I've had better luck with Airbnbs. Hey, my flight is actually at eight o'clock. I know you said that check-in isn't until three, but by any chance, did you not have anybody that was booking the day before? That's also something that you can generally see on the calendar when you're booking an Airbnb that you don't have the luxury of seeing when you book at a hotel. You can see the calendar and see whether or not somebody is already... Now, granted, if they book it after you do, or if you book so far in advance that you don't know, of course, there is within reason y'all. But if you know, for example, that when you're booking, there is someone I'm looking at a, a September calendar right now. I don't know why that was so hard for me to find those words, but I'm looking at the month of September in this calendar in front of me. Let's say you were booking Monday, 
the 18th and you saw that someone was booked at, you can see an Airbnb if someone is booked prior to you. If you see that their checkout is say on the 16th, then you could say, oh, hey, would it be possible that I check in say at eight o'clock on the 18th or one o'clock? My flight gets in while early instead of the 3 p.m. or whatever. And the host will either yes or no you. You can get you can have that communication. They'll say, oh, well, I can't honor, you know, eight o'clock in the morning, but I can absolutely do like say noon. The house cleaner comes at, you know, 10 o'clock every day. Cool, thanks. Same thing with checkout. A hotel, they gonna hit you over the head for the fee unless you're like a partner in whatever their points or reward system or something like that is. Unless you just get lucky and you know, you just ask. Sometimes people just say yes. But I've always had better luck not having to pay for a late checkout or being accommodated on my ask for a late checkout when I've stayed at Airbnbs. Hotels, it's always a little something extra. Sure, we can honor that with, you know, X, Y, and Z fee or our X, Y, and Z members actually get that perk. Would you like to sign? Nope. Thank you. Never mind. Disregard. I'll be out at 10. Um, so that's another thing. Don't let what you necessarily think is happening be the end all be all. Double check for yourself. Figure out what in particular is most important to you about your stay and book accordingly. Another honorable mention, Sonder Properties. So Sonder is not the only chain or the only company per se that does it, but I'd say the best category to put them under is long-term short terms, if that makes sense. So if you're staying someplace and say you want to do a remote work, right? But you don't necessarily want to book an Airbnb for a month and you don't want to book a hotel for a month, you can book a Sonder property and they tend to um, specifically be for people that are going to be staying for a month or people that are going to be staying for say 12 weeks or eight weeks or longer than a um longer than you would be staying in a hotel but maybe not as long as you might be staying in an airbnb sonder properties were cool my absolute favorite one i've stayed in two or three um my favorite has been it was right here cincinnati cincinnati was so fucking fly that shit was hot. Then my next favorite one was Philly. That was another, another really, really nice one. Oh, and I stayed in one. We stayed in one in New Orleans. That was my least favorite one. But the one in Cincinnati was absolutely gorgeous. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And I like about Saunders is that when you book... You also have to send like a photo of your license. Like you have to, you know, they, I guess they do like a mini background check or they just, and by mini, I don't know what all the people is checking for, but I appreciate, I don't even know if they do a background check, honestly, to tell you the truth. But what I do like about it though, is that there is still like another level of accountability that someone is on the hook for what's going on at that location. So God forbid something happens, there's more of a paper trail as opposed to, you know, um, 
say an Airbnb where they do, you know, they do their vetting. Um, but well, actually do they ask for, I, I didn't mean, no, that's not what I meant. So disregard what the fuck I said about Airbnb because technically they do do a little bit of a check, but I'm trying to think, do hotels ask for ID? I'm trying to remember if any of the hotels have asked me for ID. They'll ask for a fucking credit card for them incidentals. It's another thing that I don't fucking like. I do not like having to pay. See, I worry about extra fees and, oh, the cleaning this and, oh, they want me to take out the trash and put down, put up the Christmas tree and take down the Christmas lights on the Airbnb. But some places, uh, in terms of hotels is still having you pay that, um, incidental hold charge. Which I am not a fan of. Like, don't, like, the whole taking and holding my $300 until I come back, that matters to me. I don't have randomly $300 to just lend someone until they ready for me to get out their face. So that's another thing that I don't like about hotels. But um, I don't remember that they ask for IDs or anything of the sort other than just the card for incidentals. So that's another uh, part about hotels that I forgot to mention. Well, I guess I didn't forget. I forgot, but I in turn mentioned it. I don't like that um, that hold fee. But the Sonder properties, I do like that there is some level of who holds over there. And they do have the person that's booking submit ID with the rest of the booking. So, um, yeah, I initially was saying, yeah, Airbnb doesn't do that. But when you create a profile with Airbnb, they have you verify those things. And I feel like they have you verify more than one way that it's you. I think, um, there's multiple like checks and balances, like the email account has the mat, you know, you have to have, have access to it. It can't just be like a dummy account shit like that. So I personally feel like Airbnb, um, does a little bit more than hotels, but, um, I think that is all the points that I wanted to make about comparings of the choose. Well, technically four. This was the accommodations episode, Airbnbs, hostels, Saunders, or the short-term, long-term properties. Cause Saunders isn't the only, excuse me, Saunder isn't the only property chain that does it. I want to say it's Laveau. I don't know, but it was, it was in French. We stayed in Canada and that was very similar to Saunder where they had multiple properties in different cities in Canada. It just wasn't Sonder. So I've said that those two different uh, chains or property management, management properties, property management, different properties of the short term, long terms and um, hotels. I've got my preference and I hope you've picked up a way to distinguish and kind of discern what your preference will be on your next trip. Um, so that's going to be it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this one and, um, looking forward to hearing your feedbacks. Um, 
as always, dcarry at travelandshippodcast.com if you have any commentary on the episode. And I would love to hear how you guys decide where the fuck y'all going to stay. So other than that, I'll see y'all next week. Bye, guys.